It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plates. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. Hour two on this Thursday, we welcome in our friend Andrew Raycroft of WEEI and of Nesson and of the Morning Brew podcast with uh, the uh, the man with just maybe the best hair in Boston, Billy Jaffe. Uh, Razor is brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up. Razor is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good morning, Andrew Raycroft. How are you? Good morning, fellas. I'm wonderful. How are you guys doing? Hanging Excellent. in there and uh, feeling better that the uh, Bruins were able to go on the road and get a uh, win against Dallas. What do you make uh, to this point? I know it's only two games. What do you make of the Bruins' re-entry into playing regular season games? Well, you certainly feel better about the re-entry after watching the third period and, and overtime against Dallas. That was a great hockey game. Uh, it's fun watching uh, two of the top teams in the league. I know we've we've seen some some duds because the Bruins have played so well this season. Uh, but when you see them go up against a better team, you get efforts like that. And for them to come back in a tough building against a tough team makes them all good again. Hey, so what do you make of the uh, the power play? Right, just dusting off my little. Uh... You know NHL, uh, you know uh, uh, hockey your, reference. Your big notebook. Yeah, my hockey reference oh. right here. <laughs> and, yeah, so what do you make of it? So the last six games, zero for twenty. Is is that like a real problem? Is this something that like we're just you know should start worrying about? Like for real? I mean, I know everything you know involving the Bruins is like seems to be a tad bit of an exaggeration because they're so good. Is this the one area where you kind of need to start paying more attention to the way it's going? Uh, no, I'm paying attention to it. I- I'm paying attention to it. The one caveat to that is is when Jake DeBrus comes back and he hasn't been there. They've had Felino in there. They've had Taylor Hall. They've been moving it around. They, they listen. It's not good right now, but I want to give it two or three games with Jake DeBrus back on that first unit with Taylor Hall or Nick Felino on the second unit. There's a lot of scoring being done by that second unit, and that's out of sorts a little bit right now too. So. Uh, 0 for 20 is not good. It, it would be a big problem if they were in sixth, seventh place in the conference. Because they're not, it, it, it's not as bad. But but I am concerned. I am watching it every game and seeing what kind of adjustments they make. But I'm going to give it two or three games before I really panic with Jake DeBrus back on the first. So do you, do you? So you do equate that? Like when he's trying to figure out, you know, what the problem is. You know, how would you explain it, so to speak? Because the, the what is it the first game that they went uh, goose egg was what um, January twenty sixth against the Tampa Bay Lightning, is, is that kind of like when DeBrus went out? Well, DeBrus was out a little bit earlier than okay. that. But I think uh, the other thing is too, right? You played a really good penalty kill against Dallas. You got Tampa Bay, Andre Vasilevsky, Carolina's good. So so you've played better teams. But the fact that you're zero for twenty with the talent that this group has, it it shouldn't happen. It doesn't happen often. They did go through this stretch going into the playoffs last season, and, and that was really worrisome. They did score power play goals in the playoffs. So there is a lot of time power plays do get streaky. But, again, it's, it's something that with the talent that they have 
shouldn't be happening at 0 for 20. Yeah, I, uh, Razor, there's a couple of things with DeBrusque being out that uh, people are now starting to put out there more and more, how it has affected the first line in their production. I know Fourier mentioned the power play, but it feels like odd man rushes and how DeBrusque being out has affected other guys on the roster. I don't think I've heard Taylor Hall's name for like a month and a half. Well, he did score last game, Gresh. So let's 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 buy All a, right, throw, fair him a throw him a throw him a bone. But no, he listen. He's been up and moving around the the roster a lot more. I think we saw his best few weeks when he was locked in with Charlie Coyle on the third line, and they were able to destroy matchups uh, any other third line they're up against. I, I think that's a good fit for him. They put him up on the right wing, playing as offside again with Bergeron and Marchand. It's just that that didn't fit. You could see that was obvious. There wasn't much comfort there. So I, I think it's just a matter of Jacob Russ being back in the lineup solidifies everyone and slots everyone again. And it and then for the top line guys, it, it gives them younger legs. Uh, a guy who has a lot of speed, really good on puck retrievals, really good to go get that puck and then distribute it to. To the other guys on the line. So I think that's why Jake DeBrusque helps the first line, but I think it also is why Taylor Hall slots in real well uh, with Charlie Coyle. They pair up well. All right, so we're talking to Andrew Razor Raycroft. Real quick, does your wife call you Razor? Does she ever, does she ever, <laughs> you ever get all like, does it ever be like Razor? Does that ever happen? No. Never? That has never come out of her mouth ever <laughs> once. I don't think she's ever called anyone by their nickname ever, really? ever, ever. Okay. What yeah, is, no, hold on, wait a minute, because in the world of hockey, it is only nicknames. So do wives have to go oppo and never use a nickname? Yeah, it, it doesn't. Well, no, as some of the wives that I'm really close with call me Razor, and we get a kick out of that. So, no, it's not everybody, I think. Uh, it, it just doesn't. Mine's a little easier than than some of the others. I, I can't remember um, my wife calling Hal Gill Skillsy. I, it, it, it just hasn't come out of her mouth before. Like she never said, "Hey, Bergy, want a beer?" <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's Patrice. Too hey, close. Patrice. Too How are close. You, Patrice? Yeah. So, Patrice. so the, uh, the 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 other thing is like so uh, you know the trade deadline's coming up and you know a lot. Of, what I'm hearing a lot of is uh, the Bruins need to go all in. Okay, what does that mm-hmm. mean to you? What is all in for spe- specifically this team? What does all in mean to you with the Bruins when it comes in regards to, in relating to the the Bruins? Yeah, so all in for me means uh, a real good forward and a real good defenseman that are willing to play the role of seventh defenseman if necessary, a fourth defenseman, uh, sixth forward, ninth forward. Don Sweeney's on the phone. 12 hours a day right now. He's in on everything. There's a lot of talk in that they're the ones that are are, are kicking all the tires and, and holding up some deals because they're making sure they're making the right ones. Like, they're they're out there. And, and Don's done very well at the deadline the last few years. I don't think they need to hit a home run. I, I mean, they're one of the, the, the fastest of 40 wins in 53 games in, in NHL history. So they don't need – a lot. I don't see like that. We've talked about the Chikrin or the, the the best player in the trade deadline. I know fan bases always want the best player that everyone talks about. The Bull Horvat. Oh, I can't believe the Bruins didn't get him. It, it, it wouldn't fit, and, and there's different reasons why they don't fit. So for me, I'm looking. You know, uh, the Barbashev name that keeps coming up that fits really well. He's a right shot forward that can play center. Uh, that fits your depth wise. Uh, Nick Bustad in Arizona, right big 
strong right shot forward that, that can be diverse in his positions up front. So you're going to need a guy who can do a bunch of different things when uh, you, you find injuries throughout your lineup through the playoffs. And, and, but you can't, it's, it's also not the easiest thing to do to just go get Patrick Kane. Okay, where does he fit in your top three lines? And is he willing to take not play the power play? Is it, so, so that's the other consideration. Like you're not changing up uh, your entire lineup for a guy coming in at the deadline. I don't think the Bruins are in that position either. Is there a chance someone gets moved off of the existing roster to bring in a player that is an upgrade, or is that kind of a zero-sum gain in the end? Like, I'm curious as to if they want somebody off of the the regular roster that Jim Montgomery is comfortable with, do you make a move that way and try to upgrade someone where if you get an injury, then maybe you've cut into some of your depth? What are your thoughts on that? You have to be 100% sure, and you have to know that there's a plan. So if if you're saying, do you trade a defenseman for a forward, right? You have to have another. Yeah, if you have another, you have to have another plan in place to fill that defenseman somewhere else if you're making that. You you cannot, they, they don't, you can't afford to give up one or the other, you know, for the sake of depth. That, that I don't see happening. That I don't see makes any sense for this team. I think you have to go and, and, and get those pieces that, that will be important come the second, the third round of the National Hockey League playoffs. And my, I know what, I mean, what keeps Don at night, up at night is does he mess with this roster? I, I can't right. imagine being too concerned with first-round picks or prospects because I'm not as myself. I can't imagine being worried about that when you have a team like this in this position to go for it. But that's what, do you trade a roster position at the risk of chemistry, at the risk of the player coming back this way, not filling the same role and not fitting in the same way this player does. So uh, they'll do it. I think they would do it if it they know 100% or feel 100% that it works coming back the other way because they have this team in place to go win it all. I think it just might make them think a little bit longer than any first-round picks or prospects. Now, I know this would be the time in our chat with our buddy Andrew Raycroft where we would get into the tickle trunk. However, I am going to hijack the tickle trunk today because we have to ask our friend Andrew Raycroft about something that uh, we all found out about earlier this month. Razor, I did not know that not only is there a Groundhog Day in the United States, there apparently is a Groundhog Day in Canada as well. Is this true? Uh-huh. And, it is true, yeah. And uh, apparently the Canadian woodchuck, groundhog, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, uh, and I hope I'm getting this right. I'm, trying, I'm going to do my best French Canadian here. Fred <laughs> Le Marmont. Ooh. That, is that the name of the Canadian version of Punxsutawney Phil? And they found this rat dead on the morning <laughs> that some guy from Saskatoon was supposed to stand there and hold this stupid rat over his head and tell the people of Canada that it's going to be cold up there for six more weeks, which they're used to anyway. Unfortunately, this is the state of my my homeland at this point. We, uh, you know, we all think there's problems down here in the United States. The Canada's even the groundhogs are dying. Um, we, 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 you know, politically we have some issues. We got some stuff going on, and and I think the the icing on the cake for that is is the groundhog being dead. I mean, 
<laughs> Didn't someone go in and say, hey, the groundhog's dead. Maybe we can't make this announcement. Or, hey, let's go find another groundhog. And it's, like, it's fascinating to me that that actually happened, and it's very Canadiana that they're so honest about it rather than like actually fixing the problem. Okay, so this is according to Wikipedia. Now, again, take it for whatever it's worth. But <laughs> it's when gotta you, be true. It's got to be, right? When you put in the Canadian version of Punxsutawney Phil, it says this. Due to Nova Scotia's Atlantic time zone, Shubin Cotty Sam makes the first Groundhog Day prediction in North America. Are you aware of this version of this stupid rat that lives in that time zone? No, I'm not. I'm not completely spruced up on my groundhog uh, aficionado, uh, but it does make obviously Newfie the the Newfoundland is is a, an hour and a half ahead of us, so they're the first ones over there in the Maritimes and. Um, that's that's why they'd be first. There we go. We had to get to the bottom of it because we yeah. heard that the uh, Canadian groundhog was found <laughs> dead. dead, and it's like, listen, if there is, do we really need to carry on the rest of the ceremony? They, now, they should have brought the damn thing out by its feet and like it's just like, ah, we've got dinner. Well, I was just going to say, somebody cooked that thing. Yeah. Someone's wearing it as a hat. No, somebody else made a stew out of it. had it on its head. Oh, no question. <laughs> No crap, the big tail hanging down like Davy Crockett and all that. Now, I know in America it is, uh, and I might be putting you on the spot here. I know in America it's in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Uh, but where is kind of like the official Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania of Canada? Like, is there an official Groundhog Day rat that, yeah, you do it in the Maritimes, but the one that really counts is in Winnipeg or something. I don't know. No, I, I mean, there's one in Ontario that, that I think it's like very provincial. It's very provincial it. in Canada. So like the Quebec one, the Nova Scotia one, the Ontario one, like every province has their own guy. Uh, I have no idea where it is in Ontario. I forget, but I remember hearing about it, but it's provincial. And they all have their same, the same like rodent species, right? It's not like a, hey, I'm going to use a raccoon. This guy's going to use a, you know. No, a, no one's grabbing a, uh, no, uh, no one's grabbing like a giant squirrel or something. See, I mean, yeah, listen, no, this I, is very, everything. It's not, up, it's, not it's, it's not Beaver Day in Canada. It's okay, still Groundhog Day. Yeah. See, everything about this this interview is educational. Every last aspect of it. Beaver Day. I feel day like I went, <laughs> yeah. What is Beaver, Beaver day, day in Canada? What is a whole really different mean? deal? <laughs> what, is it, what does it mean for the, the you know, hockey players? <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> Hey, guys, it's Beaver Day. <laughs> they had Beaver Day when the bubble was up there. <laughs> All right. I don't want anybody to get right. in trouble. Razor, yeah. thank you, friend. Yeah, we appreciate good. you, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You Thanks. too. There goes uh, Andrew Raycroft with us on the uh, Harbor Gotta, One Hotline. really feel like he should be a shooter for this event. Really feel like we we should add, we should add Razor. Do you think he can shoot a basketball? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a hard no on this. He was a professional uh, athlete. He was a he was a goalie that doesn't really count. He's not on right now. I can Listen, do whatever I want. That I guy was the goalie. I know one, how difficult it is. Oh, I'm sure you were. I was. I'm sure in I'm I'm, I'm sure in uh, South Central there were a lot of. Do you ice think rings. goalies? Do you think the most athletic people on the ice are goalies? Uh I do. Are they the most athletic? Yeah. Okay. Your most athletic. I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't completely go there, but I will say this: uh, goalies can do something you can't do, Skate? which is required to play the position. While skating is a part of it, you'd be a great goalie. No, at one. That's you see. Now you're making a you fat are. joke. No, it's not really. Fat, I think Vince Wolfork would be a if, good goalie. Also, if Razor <laughs> at one point in time could take his leg and stick his big toe in his ear. You would go out there and have to try to crouch, and it would be like, 
No, it and would you break. would get stuck. They would have to break it. Yeah, they'd have to like we'd have to like stand you up and like we may need uh, to see if he's willing to backboard to prove it. Who Razor? Yeah, we may have to ask him to prove it. Might be His a busy guy. Thing. We have oh, to. I know. Listen, nobody, we're gonna see if there's a he, pregame skate that day. We'll nobody's busy. That guy's all over the place. He, he did the. He was the beanpot guy also. Uh, yeah, did a great job yeah. of that, by the way.